0: all right welcome ladies and gentlemen to the we're having a good time podcast my name is dusty Slay. i'm your host and i'm here with my wife and co-host hannah slay
1: good morning
0: and we're pumped to be here it is a it is morning on friday Uh, The podcast will come out the very same day, right after we record it. Um, We're pumped to be here. Um, We're still having, you know, sleeping issues with our children. And um, so, you know, we we have a hard time doing it at night, hard time doing it in the morning. But we're here and we're pumped to be here.
1: And we're doing it.
0: We are doing it. Everything's great. We got to screened in ports that were getting built. Our back deck has been torn away. Uh, It was amazing how fast they tore this deck away. I mean, uh, a deck that we've had for three years, a deck that I've repaired, I've added new boards to, uh, a group of three guys came, and in a matter of hours, our deck was gone. And we had, had, we had seen groundhogs coming in and out of there, rabbits coming in and out of there. At one time, some rats coming in and out of there. And we thought for sure that this was going to be like, when we pulled that deck away, that we were just going to uncover like just- uh, Treasure. Treasure and, and, and just like a, a- Skeletons. A rabbit house and just all of these things. And it's just nothing but rocks and dirt. Just plain
1: old rocks and
0: dirt. It doesn't even look like animals have ever been under there at any point.
1: It was not as fun as I wanted it to be. Yeah.
0: When I pulled away, I had made some flower beds up against the porch, and I put down some of that weed fabric to keep the grass from growing up in there. And when I took those out and I pulled the weed fabric out, you could see mole tunnels under there. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But I found a lot of grub worms under there. I've moved my compost pile which was pretty exciting uh, to get all that dirt out of there. I moved that uh, because we're going to get a bigger deck than what we had. Uh, So where my compost was at, it had to be moved. And this was a pretty massive compost. Like you might even say too big. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. my neighbor brought over some old barn wood one time. And I just use that barn wood for everything. I still do. I built all kind of stuff with this old barn wood. I don't know what about it, but it just looks cool to me.
1: Our neighbors know that if they got some extra scraps of wood, you'll take it.
0: Yeah. Even if it's just like cut down trees. Yeah. I had some of that at the bottom. I had some of that at the bottom of the compost pile. And then we built a fire mm. and burned all that wood. Mm. And that was a lot of fun.
1: It was primal.
0: Yeah, we did a little fire out in the backyard. And, yeah. and, and I'll be honest, I had the wood so dry, I started a fire that lasted for hours with one match. No lighter fluid, no gas, nothing. I just had wood, straw, a little bit of paper. And I struck one match and made that fire go.
1: It was a beautiful fire.
0: I mean, I've, we've started family rifts over fires before. Oh, god. We had a split in our family that lasted for about six months over a fire. Longer one time. than that. Yeah, I mean, it was. We had
1: to have kids before they'd come over to see us.
0: Yeah, it was brutal. We got we got had a real family split over Should we
1: talk about it?
0: Over building a fire, I don't know.
1: I don't know either.
0: But we did do it though, and and I'm just saying this time I um I got it with one match.
1: It was a beautiful fire and I came in after the fire was already going and blazing and then you told me I got this with one match and I thought I didn't think I could fall in love with him more, but yeah. I did just now.
0: Yeah, I mean it was I mean I even impressed myself with it. Yeah. I used to build a lot of fires when I was a kid. When we were when I, when we lived in the trailer park, we would build fires all the time. We had, we lived under pine trees and we would have so much straw. It blows me away now that they sell pine straw at Lowe's for like 5-10 dollars a bale because we used to have just piles and piles of pine straw that we would burn just to get rid of it. I mean, we would burn everything. We just build fires all the time.
1: When you're not around a fire for a while and then you encounter one again, a fire outside, it does something to your soul. Like it just, like I said, it's primal. Like it's like, whoa, I needed this fire.
0: It is, it's, it's fun to look inside of a fire mm. and just see the little coals in there mm. and you can see the flames and then you put stuff in there and it just burns it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like burning some plastic or some styrofoam. I know you're not supposed to burn those things and we didn't on this fire, but I have burned that before. And it's like, you throw some styrofoam in there, it just melts down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess the... Uh, the air it puts off or whatever is really bad for the atmosphere. But sometimes I just think, man, we throw away so much trash. If we just burned it, wouldn't that be better than these giant landfills? Is it worse to have it go into the air or to just have it seep down into the soil and into uh, our water supply and all of that you i know? think
1: it is bad if you burn it in the air because c- i think garbage burned is methane and if you inhale a lot of that that's that's not good Appear- Well, i'm
0: not saying don't i'm not saying stand over it and breathe that in
1: well but even if you're just secondhand smoke you know if it's just around i don't think you'd have to be standing above a fire to be catching that methane
0: yeah just seems like there would be a system in place that we could burn it and filter the filter the smoke.
1: Yeah, I don't know too much about that, but yeah, I agree. There's got to be a better way.
0: Like even an air filter on your car. Like the idea, I think, is that it's supposed to bring in air from outside. And when you're running the air conditioner, it's so you're not just. I don't know what the air filters for, to be honest with you, but seems to filter the air. There's we, so
1: much we don't know. We
0: have air filters on our house. Uh, I just wonder if you couldn't put them in a big vat. And then have an air filter over the top of it. So that smoke goes up, goes through that filter.
1: Sometimes I wonder if those things are just um, for show, you know, and they're in there to give you comfort, to make you think, yeah, this is getting filtered, but it's really not.
0: I saw a video on recycling and you had talked to me about this a little bit, but this guy was showing one of these uh, trash companies that we're familiar with. I think we used to have a, uh, GFL and they were so unreliable at picking up our trash and they would come on the wrong day. Sometimes they wouldn't come at all. I started saying GFL stood for good effing luck, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, they, um, I saw the video was showing these GFL and maybe it's not this company. I don't want to call them out because I feel like trash companies were always owned by the mob and I don't want people to come kill me. Um, but they were taking the recycling to the same landfill that they were taking the trash to. Like, mm-hmm. I believe some stuff gets recycled. Like, I believe you could recycle glass. Uh, and I believe there is some stuff that gets recycled. But overall, I think recycling is a scam.
1: I agree. And according to the article in the New Yorker, I mean, this is, this is leftist thought um, that recycling is... Somewhat of a farce, and somewhat of just it makes you feel better to think that you're doing it, but it's nearly impossible to truly um, get rid of plastics and certain products without it having some kind of mark on the earth or the air. Yeah. Or the ocean.
0: Yeah, I mean, I made a joke years ago and I said um, that I still circulate this jokes to this day. I mean, this joke was written well over 10 years ago and I still circulate it, but- um, I, I like s- that
1: you use the word circulate.
0: Well, I say, um, well, I recycle jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, we invented, poor people invented recycling. You know, mm-hmm. we were the first ones to take an old truck bed and turn it into a trailer. Mm-hmm. First one to take an old bed sheet, turn it into a door. First one to take an old coffee can, turn it into a bank account, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: First one to take a sister, turn her into a wife.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's my ad. Take the coffee can out back, you bury it out back. What what, what is it? Uh, Oh, you bury it out back, savings account. Find out where your neighbor buried his, free checking. (laughs) (laughs) Saving up to buy drugs, joint checking.
1: You're a pro, buddy. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is a great joke. And, um, but, you know, I think that is the best way to recycle. If you want to recycle, just reuse stuff and stop throwing it in the trash. It's
1: so hard to get away from plastics. Yeah. I mean, I, I am not an incredibly environmentally conscious person. But when you start to realize, especially now that we're getting like lots of Amazon packages and just bringing home groceries and, and you just realize how much stuff you, you put in the garbage, cardboards, plastics, like it's just, it's too much. And even if it, even if you don't believe it in, um, you know, that it's super harmful for the environment, it don't feel right to have all this stuff. It's just like, there's gotta be a better way or, let's consume less.
0: Well, there's so much trash. There is absolutely so much trash and we have so much trash and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. That's why cardboard. I've started to try to save cardboard and use that in my compost um, to, you know, just try to break. And I put so much cardboard in that compost pile. And when I dug that dirt out of there, there was no cardboard in there. So it broke down. I mean, I put so much cardboard in there. I put whole boxes in there and there was no cardboard left. Now I took all the tape off. Um, so I think there is ways to, to save the waste. Uh, and, and one way I think is just to reuse them because I really hate pollution. I'm not like a climate change person. I'm not really on board with it, but I also uh, am not on board with pollution. I hate the idea, when I see people throw things out their car window, it just infuriates me. I hate it. Um, I hate to see people littering. Uh, like, even when I was a big drinker, when we would go to the beach and just get wasted out there on the beach, we still would clean up all our trash when we left. Um, and and hanging out, like, you know, having cigars outside of hotels, at the end of the night when I'm done, sometimes if there's a lot of, like, I'll see people that, uh, when I was in Maine, I was out there, and there was a, I saw these two guys, they were drinking and smoking cigarettes out on a bench, and I was on another bench by myself. And when they were done, they had left like six cigarette butts on the ground, and they left both of their beer bottles on the bench. Mm. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, uh, I cleaned up all my stuff. I always clean up all my stuff. I want to make sure that, you know, because a lot of people might not like me smoking, right? And that's okay. But I want to leave my area as if I was never there. Do you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you're really good about that. I mean, you know, because I used to smoke and I would definitely leave butts around, which ain't cool. But I would never leave beer bottles around.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so I'm half okay. Now,
0: maybe cigarettes do something to you, or maybe I've just changed. I've for sure changed over the years, but when I used to smoke cigarettes, especially in the car, I mean, I flicked them out nonstop. I mean, I flicked out thousands of cigarette butts all over the Southeast, um, you know, and uh, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it always just, in my mind was just like, well, that's what, that's where cigarette butts go on the side of the road.
1: I can't imagine the type of people that are just littering, throwing bags of chips out, cans of pop. You know, the only time it's it's not that it's acceptable, but I know that this is when I litter is, you know, say I'm getting the kids in the car or something and I'm sweaty and I'm stressed and I'm tired. I'm just trying to get these children in the car and move on. And then, you know, one of Daisy's raisin boxes falls out and lands on the ground and I just don't get it. You know what I mean? It blows away five feet away. I'm like, I right, bye. And that's when I litter. When it's just like a well, little inconvenient for me to just run and grab it. Well, you don't
0: want your kids to get kidnapped at the grocery store because you're chasing down a raisin box.
1: Right? Exactly. So you know, sometimes you litter because a you didn't even see that you littered. Right? It just kind of litter by accident, or just litter because you just you just cannot pull yourself together to, to clean that up. But. If you have the time and the means, yes, always pick up your stuff. I don't know, I don't, I don't even know there's people out there now that are just like,
0: I'm leaving this here. When I was a kid, me and my dad used to, uh, we would, when he would pick me up from school, we would buy like a Coke and a candy bar or a Coke and some peanuts, which feels like the most old school thing. I don't know anybody doing this today. It was probably something my dad did when he was a kid. So he was doing, we were doing that, but we'd buy a Coke. You drink a little bit of it out of there, and then you pour your bag of peanuts in the Coke, and you would drink and eat the peanuts in the Coke. It was delicious as a kid. I would never do this now. It sounds disgusting to me now, but the saltiness of the peanuts in the Coke, I don't know. It was very good. I got to try this. Yeah, we would do that, and, and then when we were done with it, my dad would take the um, peanut and stick it peanut wrapper and stick it inside the bottle and then just throw the bottle out on the road. I mean, that was his answer to cleaning up his car.
1: (laughs) That's terrible. I know. I I really didn't know where that was going if it was like, and then he went and took it and put it in the garbage and it was a good lesson I learned as a child. No,
0: no. He would just throw it out.
1: Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they say is like the boomers really messed it all up.
0: Yeah, I mean, well,
1: they is us is the millennials blaming it on the boomers. Right. Who's Um, they? It's us.
0: But it's um, yeah. So I'm I'm totally against pollution. I just can't always get into the idea. Like, you know, I just feel like a lot of times government stuff is like, hey, this is happening to the environment. Pay us more money. So it stops happening. It feels like the mafia where they're like, hey, uh, your neighborhood's going to get your 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 shop's going to get broken into if you don't pay us. And they're like, who's going to break in? Well, we are, you know. Yeah. Uh, You pay us to protect us from, protect you from us. But but I do, I am on board with not trashing the planet. And I do want factories to not just pollute every, you know, I want the world to be uh, clean and comfortable. And I don't want them bulldozing all my woods out here to put up more subdivisions, yeah. I know that people need places to live, but let's start bulldozing some of these old Walmarts. You know, I like what they've done in Hermitage. As crappy as they seem like they are, they've taken some of these old rundown hotels, renovated them, and made studio apartments out of them. I like that. We're, we're you know, we're converting things rather than just bulldozing more woods, even though there we're also bulldozing more woods. But there's, you know, it used to be in, in Opelika, there was, uh, now they've done a good job utilizing it, but. The first Walmart when I was a kid was over by the Western Sizzlin' uh, and the Waffle House, uh, and it closed, and they reopened in another location, and then that Walmart is now Angel's Antiques, and if you ever go into Angel's Antiques in Opelika, you'll see just how much crap we really have. I mean, this place is full of stuff. I mean, you would love the store. I think it's a fun store, too. But it's just like, man, the the amount of stuff we produce and accumulate is unreal, and uh, the Western Sizzling's still there. And now there's a Captain D's in the parking lot. But then the Walmart moved, closed down in the new location, and then reopened in another location. So that's three old, uh, two old WalMarts in Opelika. But I think they turned the other one into a Planet Fitness. So, you know.
1: We have too much stuff in America. Yeah. I mean, people who have no money have abundance of stuff. Oh, yeah. And then they give a, they give it to the, their other family members that don't have any money, and then they just add it onto their pile of stuff. It's
0: jarring. It is, especially when you're like, you have stuff that you want to get rid of, but you don't want to throw away, and you're like, maybe somebody wants this. Nobody wants it.
1: I need God to help me with this because we have family and friends well intentioned, although I have my suspicions, they bring over stuff that they think we might want, whether it's old toy toys for kids or it's clothes or it's furniture. And you know, when me and you were first getting together, we did need furniture. We did need silverware. But now we have family just bringing stuff over to us. Oh, we thought you might need this pot. Well, I have ten pots and five of them you gave to me and yeah. I don't need anymore but it's rude to say no and it's doubly rude to tell them can you stop bringing me stuff. So now you know families are just this network of bar- of just bart giving people things that they don't need in this pile of stuff until you eventually unload it on goodwill. And then it just goes back into the system. And it's just,
0: well, that's what I say. Just keep, we'll just keep taking the stuff and we'll take it to Goodwill.
1: I know. And I feel like there's something wrong with me because I get mad in my heart when people just keep bringing us stuff that we don't need. And I'm, but I'm at the same time. I'm like, this is just garbage to me at this point because I don't need it it and you don't need it. And now you're unloading it on me. Well, not
0: everything is garbage, but we can always just, when people bring stuff, you just take what you like and then the rest goes to Goodwill.
1: Yeah. But then they come over in a month and they're like, oh, Where's that pot?
0: Well, that's, that's where that's where it's on them, right? It's like, it's it would be, in my mind, it would be rude to say, we don't want this, but it's rude for them to go, where's the pot? So I'm like, we got rid of it. We didn't need it. We got rid of it. And then it's like, I appreciate you bringing it because there are some things that have been brought, like pots that we brought that we were able to take over to the cabin That we now have the cabin stocked up with stuff. So there is some room. I mean, there's
1: some, sometimes we can use it, but that's
0: what I'm saying. So we just accept it. You know, I love throwing out things and it makes you real angry. Well, it makes me angry when you throw out, you know, good things that I like and use and you're like, oh, you never used it. Mm -hmm. And like when you threw out that, that Bose speaker that I had.
1: Yeah. I'm the opposite of a hoarder. But yet we still have tons of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, we got, you know, we got places to put them. So, Mm. but, um, so, all right. So where did I go uh, last week? I went to Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I've been to Des Moines, Iowa many times. And I often think about Des Moines because the Des Moines Funny Bone, uh, the whole time I've been going there, I've been going there since 2015. They've had the same hotel. They book you at the same hotel. And my first time going to Des Moines, Hannah went with me. We were just dating We had just started to date, and we drove from Nashville out to Des Moines, and I opened for the comic Dominique, and uh, it was a rough weekend for me. It was a two-person show. I bombed almost every show. I wouldn't say I bombed, but I I, I didn't bomb, but I didn't do great uh, the whole weekend, and then um, I went back another time uh, in about 2019, and I sold not very well. Uh, But it was fun shows. And I made a video of being in Des Moines. Uh, uh, And the feature, Chris Covey, uh, me and him became friends that weekend. And he drove me around Des Moines because he went to college in Des Moines. And I made a video that's on my YouTube about my trip there. And I thought it was one of my best videos. I really liked it. And then in 2021, I believe, I went back and Ralph Barbosa, uh who at the time was a comic just he was just hosting a little bit he reached out to me and asked could he feature for me uh and i said yes because i think well obviously everybody knows how funny ralph is now but at the time i was like i think ralph's very funny i think this will be great um and he came and featured for me and i sold again okay Um, and then this time I went 2023 and I sold out two of the three shows, but the third show was almost sold out. So it was a really great weekend. And, uh, it's just nice when you keep going back to an area and you can see growth. That's great, babe. Oh, actually I went to Des Moines last year too. Uh, not at the funny bone though. I opened for John Crist at the Des Moines state fair, the Iowa Mm -hmm. state fair
1: yeah, you stayed at a beautiful hotel? There. Well,
0: I, I ended up staying at a beautiful hotel, but I when I was booking my hotel there, um I just was trying to book something close to the fair. I thought, well, let me just be close to the fair and then I can just, you know hop around because I flew out there and I rented a car because I was going from the Iowa State Fair over to Wichita, Kansas, and then to the Kansas City Improv and then from there up to um, Columbia, uh, Missouri which was a really great and fun run, but I, I landed in Des Moines and I got my rental car and I drove to the hotel and I had booked myself at some extended stay hotel. And I had never done this before. I, I, I show up and it's very shady. Like the dudes running it, there seemed to be three or four dudes behind the counter, which they were all look like construction workers which is rare to have that many people behind the counter, but also just the counter area instead of being like an open, spacious um, greeting area was almost like a little box we were standing in, and it's usually some pretty nice, m- nicely dressed people booking you into your room. But this guy, uh, they were just so rough looking, and I was like, "All right." And then I got my got my room, and I went up. I went up into the room when I got into the hallway. The hallway smelled like cigarettes, um, which I don't really care about, but the hallway s- just seemed real tiny. Everything about this hotel was real tiny. And so it's just like a damp, musty cigarette smoke. You're know, like, all right. And then I get into the room and it's this little bed <laughs> and I just kind of look around the room and I go, you know, I'm not rich but I've done well enough to not be staying here. <laughs> so, I called uh John's tour manager and uh talked to him about it and he goes, well, "We got a room for you downtown." So, and I didn't realize that before I booked my own hotel. Uh so I I just I got my stuff and I just walked right out of there and the guy The guy at the front desk goes, everything okay? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I realized that the people I'm traveling with got me a hotel somewhere else. So I appreciate you. And then I got out of there and I went to this, you know, very nice hotel downtown and it was great. And, but it was, gosh, it was so shady in that hotel. I was like, no way do I want to stay in this thing. And, um, So, um, yeah, so I had to roll out of there and I've never done that. I've never walked into a hotel like that and been like, nah, I pulled up to some before, like back in the day when I would be on the road, i would be traveling from, from city to city and and then I'd just be like, well, I'm going to drive as far as I can. And then I'm going to get a hotel to sleep for a while. Um, I had pulled up to the front of one and it'd been like a, you know, uh, $99 hotel. And I'm just trying to save as much money as I can. And then there's another one like down the way that's much nicer. And it's $120 and I'm, and I'm only going to be there like, you know, five or six hours to sleep. But I'm like, is it worth it to spend the extra 20 bucks to feel safe and comfortable? And, and you're really debating it. That's how little money I was making in comedy where I'm really debating, do I say, stay in this sketchy, shady looking hotel for $99 or do I stay in this pretty nice looking hotel for 120? And you're really debating it. And you're like, you know what? Let's just spring for the 120 here. And I never regretted it. I never did that and go, I regret this. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of hotels you get booked at you get booked at by the club and the comedy zone, uh, in Columbus, Georgia, uh, they had a room called the loft. That was the comedy room. And then they would book you at the worst hotel. I mean, it was motel outdoor doors, outside, um, pool dried up, uh, ah, super shady
1: mm-hmm. kind of thing that turns you into a man.
0: Yeah, I stayed there both times with Chris Killian, and neither of us liked it. But we got rooms next to each other, and we were like.
1: Your environment really affects your mood, too. I mean, staying in a place like that for a couple nights, even if you crush those shows at night, you're still coming home to this thing, and you, you got to think, I got work to do in my life.
0: Yeah, because even in a hotel like that, and you're just staying there that one day, you know, like you're staying there two nights, but you got one full day in the hotel. Usually yeah. the TV doesn't work well. You can't get any channels. Um, you just, and it, nothing feels clean and you're worried about bed bugs. And uh, I don't need a five-star hotel. I don't even care about that at all. But I like a good, I like a, you know what I like? Uh, I like a, uh, oh, now I can't think of the name, but it's like. Um, Comfort Inn? Courtyard Marriott, Courtyard by Marriott. That's my favorite hotel. Mm -hmm. Those are nice. They're not top of the line, but they're very good hotels. They're not like, I never can think of even what the fancy hotels are called, but they're not like a a Four Seasons, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But they're very nice. That's my favorite.
1: Yeah. You got to treat yourself
0: out here. You do have to. But that was really great in Des Moines. I'm off this weekend. Next weekend though, I got uh, a hot run the shows. Well, I got two shows that I can tell about. I'm going to uh, Chicago uh, on November 2nd to do the Vic Theater It's part of a, I think it's called the Chicago Comedy Festival. A lot of big name comics are going to be in town that weekend. And I'll be doing a Thursday night at the Vic Theater downtown Chicago. So that's going to be really great. Get some tickets Um, and then uh, Friday, I'm going to Oklahoma City, and I'm doing a corporate gig that people are not allowed to come to unless you work for the company, and then on Saturday, I'll be doing two shows in Oklahoma City at Bricktown Comedy Club. I'm excited to do Bricktown because I I used to do the Looney Bin, the Oklahoma City Looney Bin, and I really like doing the Looney Bin, but people had told me that Bricktown was really nice and that it was a nicer club than the Looney Bin. But I was loyal to the Looney Bin, so I was not going to switch clubs. But the Looney Bin closed; they closed on me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to Bricktown, mm-hmm. and Bricktown was nice enough to just let me do one night. I was supposed to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday with them, but things came up here and there. Uh, I want to give a shout out here. I got a couple of, I got a couple of things. You're not going to be able to see these things, but I got. Um, I got from Tom Jobson. I got a hat with an owl on it, <laughs> and he he had a he, he included. I'm gonna try to get better about doing this. He wrote, um, "Thanks for the laughs and enjoy. We enjoy having a good time." Lori and Tom Jobson, thank you guys. That's cute. I'm try to get better about doing these sorts of things. But it's a trucker hat with an owl on it. I assume he's listened to the Owl podcast. I appreciate it. Maybe the only owl I'm allowed to have around here. Then we got another one that says, "Hope you enjoy Dusty," from a huge fan, Josh, at uh, Brody Gogo on tw- on X, or as I like to call it Twitter. And this is a gray trucker hat that says, "Take it easy."
1: Ooh, I like that. It's more tan. That's a that's a beautiful
0: I color. See, I, I call everything gray, but yeah, it is more of a khaki tan. Maybe a taupe. A taupe, yeah. So I got that. And then this, I actually had opened both of those already, but this was too big to open in the car. So I don't know what this is. This is from. um, It's a
1: round cylinder. Looks like it could be a poster. It
0: doesn't say what it is on the outside or who it's from. Or
1: it could be an elephant husk.
0: It could be an elephant husk. You never think about things being an elephant tusk.
1: Oh, yeah, tusk. Wow. Maybe a tapestry. A tapestry.
0: Ooh. <gasps> okay. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Wow. It's a uh
1: it's an elephant husk. It's a
0: it's it's ma a picture of me. Uh a drawn picture of me that says we're we're having a good time. We're in the glasses, having in the beard, and then good time. Well, that's amazing. That's
1: really pretty. We'll put that in our new studio. The
0: studio has been really <laughs> it's been really coming along we're
1: just picking away at it
0: i finally got stuff up on the wall uh here we go Aww. i finally got around to printing this out sorry if it came out uh if if i came on a little strong over the instagram i was a little starstruck ha. anyway i hope things are going well with work and family take care and best of luck sincerely sean tar Is what it looks like it says. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. It looks like it's Sean T-A-R-R. Could be T-A-V-R. Tavar. Mm -hmm. But either way, thank you, Sean. Wow, that's great. Those are great gifts. I got one more thing. In Opelika, um, there's uh, a guy, that's where I'm from. There's a guy uh, who's always played music and he's had some... He's had some songs covered by uh, really big name people. He had one song he wrote covered by Miranda Lambert, uh, and there's more, uh, but he's done very well, and people always ask me, do I know him? And he's a little bit older than me, and I and so I don't know him. We did not go to high school together. He graduated before I was a freshman, uh, but he plays music with my friends like Dallas Dorsey and Kevin Flanagan and people that I did go to high school with. And I had never really listened to his music, even though we uh, you know, are from the same town. But for some reason, I had never really listened to his music. But uh, Spotify makes these playlists for me, a weekly playlist. So I was listening to it the other day, and one of his songs popped up. And I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is really great. And so I reached out to him on Instagram to tell him that I liked it. And we started messaging back and forth. And then I went and listened to his new album, um, which I thought was really great. And now I've got myself a record. Uh, it is Adam's Hood, Adam Hood's Different Groove. So I thought it was really great. I really loved it. I have a record now. Uh, and it's, it's so good. I listened to it. I really like the song Shelly. And uh, I think the song Fool of an Honest Man. I think those were the two I really liked. But he's great. And he's a fellow Opalikean. I don't know if we have a real term for us like that.
1: Opalikeite.
0: Opalikeite. I don't know. Uh, but uh, so that's Adam Hood. Um, and uh, check him out.
1: All right, excellent.
0: Yeah, so I'd like to do that. People do send me things, and I'm so far behind. Like I got a sign on the wall, a wooden sign, and 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 the Instagram for here him is Luke's Live Edge, and he made us this great wooden sign that says that we're having a good time with Dusty Slay. We should I should chisel in there and Hannah Slay. Um but um, I appreciate him sending that. I did not make a video for him, but people have sent me stuff and I've I'm, I'm not been good about giving shout outs and I'm sorry. And then what happens is I, I get so behind in it that I go, well, I don't want to give shout outs to people that just sent me stuff because I didn't give shout outs to people who sent me stuff before. And then it gets so far behind that I'm never giving the shout outs. So I'm just starting right now, where we're at right now. If you send me something, I'm going to give you a shout out on the podcast, and then I have a, a team now that was going to try to make clips of the podcast and put that out on YouTube for me. So th- things are coming along. The, the The vision that I've had for three years with the podcast is is coming to fruition now. Great. We're we getting videos out there. I still don't know that I want the whole podcast on YouTube like that, but we are getting clips.
1: Yeah, you're a bit of a religious zealot for YouTube.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. And, I, you know, speaking of that, I um, I got on, I'm on Reddit now. I've ha- I opened a Reddit account nine years ago because people were telling me they were doing these stand-up shots where they would picture of them doing stand-up and then they would include a little joke on it. And they were saying they were doing very well. And I was like, well, all right, well, I want to get in on this. So I did it a little bit and then, you know, kind of fell by the wayside. I had a couple of hits. I had a couple of them that did pretty well. But then that just fell by the wayside. And so I had not been on uh, Reddit for nine years. And so I just got on there recently and I started posting videos. All that's going very well. My videos are being well-received. I'm gaining followers. All that's good. But I started to dig into subreddits. And I'd like to create a subreddit for this podcast so people could go on there and ask questions and discuss things and maybe even be a way that we could communicate with people and just make Reddit a little something different than some of the other things that I have. Um, But I found a Nateland Reddit and boy, did I stumble down a rabbit hole of some people that did not like me. Mm. And it was- Some of your family? (laughs) Yeah. It was intense for a minute because I was like, wow, I can't believe- it was shocking to me to find some of the things people were saying about me. Mm. But after a minute, I was like, oh yeah, this is just typical stuff. This is just typical stuff that don't, that for one, they don't get jokes. They don't understand how comedy works. They don't understand that uh, when you're doing, I do a personal podcast that I do for an hour every week. And then I also do the Nateland podcast, which I do for two hours every week. That when you're just talking that much, especially on Nateland, it's almost like, It's almost like I find a a niche uh, that I dive into, and then that's my thing. My thing is to be skeptical of all things, which that's not far from reality. I think we should all be skeptical of things. Uh, I don't know why it has become popular to just accept everything that we're being told, especially when people... You know people lie to you. It's like if somebody lies to you one time, that doesn't mean you can't trust them again, but it means now you become skeptical of the things they say until uh, a long period of time where they've proven otherwise. Uh, But it's like news organizations have been proven to lie to us, all of them. I don't know a single news organization that's not told a lie. uh, Either side. And yet we still believe uh, everything that they say. Even people will claim they don't believe what they say. They still believe. But anyway, my point is we should all be skeptical. We should be skeptical of everything. We should ask questions about everything. But when you do that, people call you stupid and they um, they say all kinds of bad things about you. And that's okay. Um, I've I've come to accept it. And, you know, I But it's like another thing that I'm dealing with on NateLand is like, there's a lot of people, or well, not a lot, the majority, I would say 90% of the people are all positive about me, but there's a small faction and they're the squeaky wheel. They make the most noise. They're always so mad about something. And it's like that mainly mad because they liked the way the podcast was with the first three people and an occasional guest. That's what they liked. And they do not like that I've joined the podcast. And so that's the position I've been put in. I was asked to join the podcast. I don't force myself in each week. I don't pick Nate's lock and go into his house and hold a gun to his head and say, I'm on this podcast. <laughs> I was asked to join it. So the, so the original three people that you wish were just still there um, are the people that want me there. And I'm there to shake it up a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm there to add a bit of a different perspective. And, um, and so it was, It just was so funny. I mean,
1: I don't know if people are aware of this, but to create comedy, there needs to be some kind of tension. Yes. You can't just agree, agree, agree. Right. You know, you you have to have opposing perspectives that come up against each other and create some irony.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I I suspect a lot of these people that, that don't like me on there are just Nate fans. So they just want Nate to make fun of Aaron and Brian the whole time. Mm. And, uh, I, I I think it's very funny too. It makes me laugh when he does it too. But you know, I'm there to add a different element. And a lot of people say, Oh, he just cuts Nate off all the time. He just, and it's like, well, yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) That's what I'm there to do. I'm there to jump in when nobody else will, you know? And, um, and I have Brian and Aaron, uh, have been my friends for a really long time. So we have a great relationship and uh, and I have a great relationship with Nate too, but with Brian and Aaron, I've been friends with them for years and years and years. So I love being there. I have a lot of fun there and Brian and Aaron, uh, especially Brian uh, knows, um, uh, he knows what I believe um, and he also knows what I'll go along with. So if Brian when Brian's writing out that episode, he's thinking, oh, I bet Dusty will disagree with this. And if I don't chime in, Brian will coax you. Yeah. will try to bring me in because we're looking for that sort of thing. And. So people just got to deal. They just got to deal with it. And I don't want to say or not watch the podcast because I don't want them to not watch. I want them to watch. People say, oh, I think Dusty has anger issues. I think he has anger issues. I'm sorry, I wrote that. (laughs) Yeah, and Hannah made the point yesterday. She goes, who out here doesn't have some anger issues? But this is a problem, and this is a problem for me in my life. And I realize it's my problem to deal with, and it's my problem to figure out. But my voice is a voice that people cannot handle sometimes. Amen. I got a lot of people in my family that I think think I'm yelling at them when I'm Me? just when I'm just telling them things. Sometimes even when I'm joking around with Hannah, Hannah thinks I'm mad at her and I'm like, "No, I'm that's my jokey voice. I'm being jokey. I'm being funny." And it it's just the way my voice sounds. I don't know what to do because when I try to make it nicer, it just sounds condescending, I think. So you know that's my problem to deal with but you know i don't have anger issues but i get frustrated i used to get really frustrated in the car i still do a little bit but i don't drive as often now now my frustration in travel comes at the airport and i could just not share it but i think it's funny to have the perspective of a person who's angry in the airport uh and to see how silly it is cuz to me I realize how silly it is to be so angry in the airport because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll get mad waiting behind people on the moving sidewalk only to get to my gate and have, you know, 30 minutes before my plane boards. Um,
1: Dusty, it's okay to get angry. Yeah. Be angry and sin not is what the good book says. (laughs) Yes. And I will reiterate, who among us... Does not get angry. Who among us isn't suppressing a little bit of anger out here? You cannot tell me you live in this country, America, and you ain't a little bit angry every day. Get out of town, dude. And just because, yeah, Dusty's got this brand, we're having a good time, you got to know that the shadow of that good having a good time, there's a little bit of irritation. Just yeah. always up here waving and smiling. Come on. Yeah. And when you, he's human guys.
0: And when you travel a lot, it's like, it's like my, even my daughter thinks I work at the airport. (laughs) Yeah, Um, When, when they drop me off, she goes, Oh, you're going, there's the airport. You're going to work, daddy. You're going to work at the airport. (laughs) Um, And when, when you, when you're traveling that much, I mean, the airport does become like your work workplace. So all the people in there that you see, Uh, are your coworkers and they irritate you because they're standing in the way. And it's like, I do also think it's funny that the people that say I have anger issues go on, they take their frustration of me, they go to an internet forum where they hide behind an avatar and a username to basically try to get me fired. I mean, Nate Land is my job. And if, if I were working at Burger King uh, and they were going on the Burger King app, or, or going on, you know Google to my Burger King and complaining about me, that will be the same thing. They're basically trying to get me fired. So the same people saying I have anger issues are trying to get me fired because they don't like that I think the moon landing is fake. And uh, And half the time, most of the stuff I talk about on the podcast, I'm just joking. I don't even care. I don't care if we landed on the moon. I do think it's funny to joke about, and I do think it's funny that people that work at NASA now say we don't have the technology to land on the moon anymore because we lost it. That seems ridiculous to me. We had it in the 60s, but we don't have it now. And also, Buzz Aldrin, who may be crazy now because he's real old, has said several times in interviews that we didn't land on the moon. <laughs> and so he. there's a little girl who goes, uh, she says something, he goes, um, that's not a question for a seven-year-old. That's the question for me. He goes, we didn't go there. I don't know, you have to find the interview. But he said a couple of times that, that we didn't land on the moon. And um, uh, so that's all I'm saying.
1: Well, as Winston Churchill says, does someone not like me? Good. It means I've stood up for something for the first time in my life.
0: Oh, well that's that's also it. Yeah. People ha- Oh, another thing that people called me, they said I'm a huge um what do they call those um what are what are Christians called now? Like especially in politics? Christian
1: nationalists? No,
0: no, no. Um evangelical Christians. That's okay. what they say. Oh, he's a huge evangelical Christian. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? Because I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't celebrate Easter. I don't eat pork. Um, I try to celebrate uh, Passover and Sukkot and the things like that when I can, uh, or you know. Um, and so it's like those are not evangelical Christian principles. So it's like you don't even know what I'm talking about. And rather than trying to find out, you just try to attack and try to assume who I am. You have no idea.
1: Yeah, it also speaks to like what these people that are complaining on you, like what they're normally consuming, because confronted with someone who just has outside of the box beliefs and isn't afraid to just stand in their own convictions it really bothers them. So yeah. ask yourself maybe you're not really listening to anybody with real opinions out here or with opinions that confront your own. I mean, right. you're just surrounding yourself with yes people, you're just living in a bubble of your own thoughts and beliefs. Well, then maybe you know live a little. Like yes. d- learn how to deal with people that that don't believe the same way as you and 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 interact with that in a way that doesn't ruin your day, that you need to spew out your conflicts onto an internet forum.
0: Right, and it's like, you know, they try to make fun of me about Harry Potter and stuff. It's like, listen, you can watch Harry Potter if you want to. Uh, I know that so many people love it. They read the books, they watched the movies. It was a cultural phenomenon. Everybody loved it, but the books is based on, whether you believe it's fictional or not, it's based on witchcraft. I mean, Harry Potter's a witch. They're all witches in the show and, and uh, in the movies, in the books. And I don't, I don't want to expose myself to any kind of witchcraft. So I don't, I watched the first two Harry Potters in my younger days when I didn't know anything about that stuff. I enjoyed them. But the longer the movies go on, the darker they get and the more witchcrafty it is. And I don't like that sort of stuff. If, Listen, if we're a
1: family that believes in good versus evil. Yes. We believe it. In real reality we believe that there is good and we believe that there's evil. You might think that's a little wacky, but that's what we believe, okay? Right. So you got to decide would the witches fall on the good or the evil? And if you think it's going to fall on the evil, then just don't mess with it. Now some of the stuff you might think that's a little silly to just not to think is real, well fine but we're just out here trying to stay with the good and get away from the evil, okay? Sue us if you think that, if you can't well, handle that though. we just believe in a spiritual element
0: of reality, okay? I get that you don't, but we do. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like people who have, they, they love to be, uh, say, oh, be open-minded, you know, don't be closed-minded. Well, it's like, I'm just telling you that I have my beliefs. I am very open-minded. And I'm not telling you what to believe. I just share my beliefs. There is a witch, witchcrafty person. Was it Kat Von D? Is that something like that? Yeah. Uh, I guess she was a witch or proclaimed to be a witch. And recently, she just got baptized. She's now a Christian, and it's uh, it's amazing. It's really great to see. I heard one of the Island Boys got baptized. Um, the Jim Kelly, the old quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, got baptized. It's happening out here.
1: Yeah, I heard that Jennifer Lawrence, uh, an avowed atheist, was in some sort of private jet incident where they were going to crash, and she said, even though I don't believe in God, I prayed to God. I mean, ask yourself if you're in that position, what are you going to do? And then if you if you are in that position where you do end up praying to God when you really need that extra jolt of um, s- being saved, why why do you go to that place? Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay, and, and and it is like, it is, this is always something I've said, you know, and it's like, if I'm wrong about my beliefs, and I know people have said this many times, but this is something that always runs through my head. If I'm wrong about my beliefs and there is nothing in the afterlife, then I've, I've lost nothing. Um, you know, I, I will die and go into the grave and there will be nothing, which is a terrifying thought to think that life that we live right now is all that there is. Um, and then, uh, but if I'm, but if you're wrong in believing that there is nothing and then you're faced with God, that's more terrifying. Because nobody in the Bible saw God and was not terrified. So I didn't mean to take it to that place, but-
1: But I, hey, you know what? Nateland fans that are attacking Dusty, if you are cut, do you not bleed? If someone steps to you on the Internet, do you not seize in somewhat irritation? Okay. well, that's it. He hears you. He feels you. He might put up a front. But now we've spent 15 minutes just talking about it.
0: Well, I wanted to comment when I was there, but I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave it be. I'm going to let people have, you know, their their own subreddits. They're, They're free to have these conversations and I'm okay with it. I don't want them to not be able to have the conversations. I do want them to be able to talk about it openly. I love freedom of speech. I want people to be able to say what they want.
1: And if uh, you're no longer on NateLand one day, it's going to be okay for everybody involved. I mean, it's not going to be the end of the world. Okay. So stop people on the internet acting like if, 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 if Dusty leaves NateLand, Oh, like you really did something. It's like, who cares? Well,
0: I'm not going to get fired, but, um, yeah, I mean, it. everything's fine. But it is irritating to just see that stuff just because it's just weak comments. It's not, there's, there's nothing real. They all act like I'm the dumb one. But yeah,
1: just because you know how to put some alliteration together, like dump Dusty, doesn't mean you're doing
0: something. <laughs> Ooh, put
1: two Ds together, clever.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, it's fine. Um, I, I didn't mean, and I'm not, Angry about it, just in case my voice sounds angry. Or that you spent 15 minutes talking about it. No, it's worth talking about. I mean, I got, you know, I got, it's not... Hey, we need the content. Right. I'm saying if we didn't need the pot, if we weren't, yeah, I mean, we We can't
1: just keep talking about our kids, how they're not sleeping. We need something else to talk about. That's what I'm saying.
0: So it's like if we didn't do the podcast and then I decided to start a podcast just to talk about this for 15 (laughs) minutes, then that would be ridiculous.
1: We're going to start a Patreon and it's just going to be Dusty responding to trolls.
0: But I, I, I guess my point, though, is I was just shocked to see it. Um, I even saw one of my friends had commented and I was, and it looked like he was adding to the pylon and I text him about it. And he explained what he meant by it. And we had a nice chat and it was fine, but I was very shocked to see What did it. he
1: say and who was it? Well,
0: I'm not gonna say on the podcast, okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, but it was, we talked about it and it was all fine. He explained it immediately when he explained it, I was like, you know what? He actually is, this does make sense. Um, uh but um yeah life is good. I feel great. We got a new deck coming. We got a screened in porch and uh <laughs> it is fun. What did you have, Hannah, that you wanted to talk about? Well,
1: there's something in the headlines that I thought everybody should know about, just in case they're concerned. All right, guys. Just so you know, Burger King faces lawsuit over smaller than advertised Whoppers as customers challenge fast food giants over portion sizes. All right. Burger King has been told it must defend itself in court against claims its signature Whopper burgers are too small after a judge dismissed the company's efforts to have the case thrown out. The latest in a growing number of similar challenges as disgruntled customers, probably some Nate Land fans, push back against what they say is disappointing mismatch between what fast food joints actually serve and the glossy products they advertise.
0: Yeah, well, um, if I could just uh, sh- say this to you, uh, stop eating fast food. It's uh, it's it's poison. It's not. It might have been poison in the eighties and nineties, but even now, it's it's worse than it was in the eighties and nineties. Fast food is absolute poison. It's not the, It's not cheap food. It's not food. It's it's cheap relatively. I've heard people say that it's not even that cheap anymore. It's, it's just, it's not food.
1: Right. Fast food joints have faced an increasing number of legal challenges in recent years over the disconnect between advert and reality. In July, Taco Bell was sued over its allegedly scant portion sizes, and both McDonald's and Wendy's are fighting similar lawsuits as Burger King. In 2016, Subway settled a case claiming its foot-long subs were not always a foot long. And this year prevailed over a woman who claimed it's tuna was not actually tuna. Wow. See, I'm a little torn on this because I do believe, especially in America, products are advertised as one thing and they really aren't what they're, what they're advertised as. Now you could say it's a trivial thing and that of course I shouldn't just presume that this food, especially crappy food like these fast food joints are giving us, you know, real good food. But it's the idea that they keep doing it and keep getting away with it. And there is a sizable portion of our society that maybe is a little naive or ignorant or willfully ignorant and thinking, well, I'm getting getting this and this is pretty good for me, or this is what they say it is. And it's, you know, and I just think these companies do need to be stopped. Even if it is a little silly on, on, the, on the face of it. Well,
0: I 100% agree. It's like the the old story that we used to think was ridiculous was the lady who bought the coffee from McDonald's and it spilled in her lap, and then she sued them for millions. The coffee was so hot it gave her like second third degree burns. It was severe burns. Um, and it's like they do need to be stopped. It's like that's the whole problem, right? It's like everybody talks about how we need to stop eating meat and how you know, this and that factory farmings are bad. And it's like, I agree with a lot of that stuff, but it's like, The reason we have this uh, overload of factory farming is because of all these fast food restaurants. I mean, fast food is everywhere. They're all serving burgers and it's like, it's too much. We have too many restaurants and and they're given such a poor product that if we could just narrow things down and have less options, then we just things could be better, more simple and healthy as a person who keeps having problems with the stomach. It's like there is a real problem out here with our food. And it's like um, Hannah was saying, and I've read this many times, but all the like Western countries like, uh, you know, England and France and Spain and Canada, um, they don't allow certain ingredients in their food that America does allow. Like we allow things that are, that are listed as poison Mm -hmm. listed as not good that other countries won't allow. And I've had people tell me they'll go, you know, to Europe and they'll, they'll eat or even, um, I don't know how to describe countries and I don't, but even countries that are not European countries, they'll go and they'll eat for a while and all their stomach problems will go away. They'll say, I ate exactly the same way that I ate here and all my stomach problems went away. And then the moment I got home, they all came back. And it's like, our food is bad.
1: There's a a renegade lawyer right now um, named Spencer Sheehan. And he specializes in consumer protection class action lawsuits. He focuses on packaged foods and on the authenticity of their ingredients and flavors. Sheehan has sued the makers of frosted strawberry Pop Tarts, dearth of real strawberries hint of lime Tostitos, absence of lime, Snapple all-natural fruit drinks, absence of natural juice, Keebler's fudge mint cookies, lack of real fudge and mint, Cheesecake Factory brown bed, insufficient whole grain flour, Trident original flavor gun, lack of real mint, and many more. So he's really going, and you might think, oh, well, obviously, why would you think these would have that? Well, then why do they get to write, this is what's on it?
0: Right. You know, and and everyone should watch the movie Founder. Um, See, I I watched the movie Founder and Founder's starring Michael Keaton, who's an amazing actor. Anything Michael Keaton's in is gonna be great. Um, But it's talking about McDonald's and um, uh, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, who was the, I think, CEO of McDonald's, but he wasn't the original creator. There was two brothers who created the first McDonald's and in that, they um, um, they wanted to create good meals for families at a good price, but they wanted real. So, so they would they wanted real food. So they would make these frosties, and they would have a whole walk-in cooler with fresh ice cream, and they would make their frosties out of real ice cream. Well. Ray Kroc wanted to franchise out these McDonald's, so he needed to streamline things. He needed to find ways to make things cheaper, so he found this powder that you could pour into water and stir, and as you stirred it, it would become a Frosty, and um, it would taste just like the Frosties that they made, so... He's like, we can do this and cut cost way down because we can get rid of the freezer. We don't need the giant freezer full of ice cream if we have this powder. But what we don't know is what kind of chemicals are in that powder? What is it doing to our body? Sure, it tastes good, but what is it doing to us? And I just use that as everything. Something started out as a good product. You, buy, you, make, you figure out how to make a Keebler elf cookie, and you're using real wheat. You're using real ingredients. People eat it, and they go, this is delicious. So you start, start selling it, and you go, well, how can we make more money off this? Then technology advances, and you start to find new ways to make ingredients taste the same without any of the health benefits. So before you know it, you're eating Kibleroff cookies and, and, and I'm just using them as an example. I don't know anything about them. But before you know it, you're eating this cookie and, not only, and you're just worried about the sugar. You're like, this is going to make me fat. But there's all kinds of other things in it that's given you all kinds of health problems. They say that um, a lot of these food dyes and stuff that are in food that you give to kids causes behavioral issues. So you give a kid this cookie, it has food coloring in it, dyes and, and, and all kinds of different uh, chemicals that would make your kid have behavioral issues for several days. So you can't ever actually pinpoint why your kid is acting like this. So then you take your kid to the doctor, the doctor says, well, your kid has ADD and you put your kid on ADD medication and it's all like, maybe he has ADD, Maybe he doesn't you know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, and I'm not saying people don't have real problems with this. But maybe there's something in our food
1: once corporate America realized that they could cut corners and get away with it, everything just started to get a little crappier, yeah, and yet Americans cannot stop themselves, myself included, from consuming. And, and we love our low prices for things that we want to get. right? And so it's just is this sort of domino effect that has just been generationally ingested by us.
0: And people are just so uh, quick to go call everything a conspiracy that it's like you don't even stop to go, well, maybe I'll look into it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll just see if any of this is true. And I'm just, you know, I don't even know if it's true. All I do is read things.
1: Well, you you told me some, because I, I started to compile a list of things that we've personally experienced recently that I could recall where I believe there's some false advertising involved. And then when we actually take the product, it's not what we wanted or it doesn't work well. And you told me this the other day, and I could not believe it, um, two by fours.
0: Yeah, I mean... Um, now, I'm not a construction worker. I'm not a carpenter. I did not come from a long line of carpenters. I don't know everything about wood. So maybe somebody listening here will know the answer to this and I'll be wrong. But my understanding was that the two by four gave, was given its name because it was a piece of wood that was measured in two inches by four inches. So it was two inches thick, four inches wide. Hence the name two by four. That's my understanding. I bought some two by fours the other day to build something in the backyard. And I was doing some measuring to do the proper cutting. So I I would have things just right. And as I was measuring it, the wood was not two inches thick. It was like an inch and a half, an inch and three quarters. And then it was not four inches wide. It was like three and three quarters. So where it's like they've, to me, it just seems like they've shaved off about a quarter of an inch. And you can imagine if you're doing this all along the way, you're saving a little money and then, you know, I'm sure people notice, but what can you do about it? And maybe it's always been that way. And I've just never measured, but my understanding was a two by four was called that because it was two inches by four inches. But now it's like one and three quarters by three and three quarters.
1: And that doesn't have the same ring to it.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: And you know what that's going to do? It makes the wood a little weaker. It makes you going to have to repair more often and get a new deck more often. And it just keeps that cycle going. Buy, 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 buy. Keep that economy going. Buy something crappy so you can buy something crappier in two years.
0: And it's one thing to just buy something that you know is cheap and you know it's going to fall apart. And it's another to just be deceived. Well, that actually
1: comes to the next item on the list that I wrote down of false advertising. Printers, all printers ever made.
0: Well, printers, I mean, I think this is pretty well known actually, but the printer itself is really cheap. When you go to buy a printer, it's pretty cheap. But the ink that you have to buy for these printers is unbelievable. The cost of ink is a complete ripoff. And I don't even understand how the ink is distributed. I have an Epson printer. And when I'm just printing documents, I feel like my ink uh, color runs out faster than when I actually pr- I printed all these photos on the wall. And I feel like I got more ink out of the cartridges printing photos than I do printing Word documents. It's like, I don't understand. It's
1: a pyramid scheme. They give you the cheap printer, but you got to keep coming back to buy that expensive ink.
0: Just like Keurig. Keurig mm. is like that too.
1: Yep. And uh, there's another one on the list here, a bit controversial for me and you. Uh, but it is false advertising and I'll stand by it. When I order one scoop of ice cream, they give me two.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, I think that's the one place in the world where we're getting more than we asked for.
1: I don't want two scoops. Dump I one. want one scoop of ice cream. Dump one. But when I just want one, I, now you have to ask me to restrain myself while I'm eating delicious ice cream while I'm maybe with child or postpartum trying to lose weight, or I could have diabetes or hypoglycemia. I've ordered one scoop of ice cream, good sir. I just want one singular scoop. You've provided me two scoops
0: of ice cream. I'm going to have to disagree with you here, because it's like um, this is the one area that we're still winning. Uh, The only way to keep this argument you're making along with what we've been talking about was that if you asked for a scoop of ice cream and they gave you a half scoop
1: it's still false advertising. Uh,
0: I, I, I gotta, well, maybe, but I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta say, this is the area of false advertising that, that I'm okay with. It'd be like someone going into Burger King, ordering a Whopper, and instead of just getting one Whopper, they get two patties. It's like, hey, that's not what I asked for, but I appreciate the extra.
1: But now, But now, let's say you got two patties, okay? You're trying to lose weight. It's a battle. You've struggled with generational obesity. You've got heart disease. You've got eczema. You're dealing with a lot of stuff. You are just trying to eat but not overeat. All of a sudden, the devil gives you those two patties. And what are you going to do? Get your hands full of ketchup and onions and and mustard and have to peel off that disgusting patty? Or are you
0: going to eat it and now be eating way more than you want i see your point but i'm gonna counter with if you're trying to lose weight stay out of burger king stay out of the ice cream shop
1: but we're also frail by the grace of god we go forth
0: (laughs) i mean i agree if i go to an ice cream shop and they get but you know what though i I agree but i have also i've tossed ice cream before when i'm like i'm done with this no that's a lie it's a rare occasion Think about the custard we got that one time. You remember that? That's custard. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Made in dang macabre County, Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was probably rat's milk cream. (laughs) That custard, that wasn't ice cream. And you cannot use that as an example of you
0: throwing away ice cream. But it's like, if you don't want that much ice cream, though, you just got to scoop it. I mean, you got to dump it.
1: I, if I order something, that's what I want. If I wanted two scoops, I'd say, hey, okay. could I have
0: two scoops? Well, this is what I'll say. When you go to order ice cream with people, you be specific about it, but you be the last one to get ice cream. This
1: is how I'm going to order ice cream.
0: But you well, look, Listen, you be the last one to get it, and then you order
1: it. Okay, I'll be like, hi, my name's Hannah. I'm a bit of an annoying person. Um, I want one scoop of ice cream. And what that means is I want you to take that scoop, that silver scoop that I see right there. Yep, that scoop right there. I want you to scoop it once and then put it in that cup. I don't want you to double scoop it and you thinking you're doing me a favor. Or you're doing your job. I just want that one scoop. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of ice cream, but you know, some people might call me a Karen, but that's all I want. And well, thank you very much. That's
0: why I say you order last because if me and you go get ice cream together and you do that and you order first, then when they scoop mine, they're just going to want to do one scoop for me but I want the two that's happened
1: to us before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It has. Yeah. Yeah. It It almost tore us apart. I want the two.
1: You were so embarrassed. Yeah. You were so mad too. You might have some anger issues. Yeah.
0: I did have anger (laughs) issues that day. Don't mess with the ice cream. (laughs) Well, Hey, I got, um, one more thing, uh, Nate, uh, if you don't know, I'm sure that you all know, but, uh, Nate Bargazzi, who I host, uh, I'm a co-host on the Nate Land podcast with, who's also a comic here out of Nashville, born and raised here in Nashville, um, is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live this Saturday. It's so huge. Tomorrow night he's going to be on Saturday Night Live. It's so huge for people our age. I'm around. I'm about the same age as Nate. I mean, we grew up watching Chris Farley and David Spade and Rob Schneider and and Kevin Nealon and Adam Sandler. We grew up watching all these people on SNL, Will Ferrell. And it's just been, um, you know, Saturday Night Live is not uh, as entertaining to me as it used to be, but it is um, a real highlight of people's career to be able to host SNL. And Nate's gonna be hosting it this Saturday. So please tune in. Tune in and let let um, NBC know that you want to watch Nate. Um, yeah. And we love way.
1: Nate. If you don't know Nate for some reason, watch him. He's so funny, so dry. Um, He's so love-
0: funny and such a genuine nice guy.
1: Yeah, we love Nate. We love the Bergatzis.
0: Their whole family is so nice. Mm. I just did the most recent Nate Land with Nate's dad. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten to know Nate's dad, his brother, his sister, his wife, his daughter, his, his mom. Um, they're all so nice, mm-hmm. and so some of his neighbors, yeah, his neighbors are nice too and uh and we have a lot of the same friends who are all nice, so yeah, do support don 't if-
1: always share the same fans
0: though <laughs> <laughs> well that's true well that's what but we for want. the most part you probably do share the but that 's what we want though we want to share some of the same fans, but also reach different people yeah, and that 's what I want to do mm-hmm. um, I did want. I want to read this one thing. I got I got a, a recent, uh, I just got that this morning. It's a, a, an Adam and Eve uh, response. You may think I'm crazy, but this is just, this is an email. You may think I'm crazy, but this is just a theory. In Genesis 127, God created male and female, just like he had created the whales in 121, and then told man to go and subdue and have dominion over the world. Then in Genesis 2-7, God formed Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. Then God planted a garden and placed Adam there, and later on made Eve. What if these were two separate origins of humanity, one as a living soul and the other as the highest form of life, uh, but without a redeemable soul? This could explain how there could have been uh, populated communities in the world when Cain was driven out and where the children of Adam and Eve found their spouses. I know the thought of soulless people can be upsetting to some, but this line would have been destroyed during the flood of Noah's time, which is why everyone today has a soul and can be saved. This is kind of hitting the highlights I've done a lot of praying and studying and I think and thinking on this subject, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this idea. Love your comedy and podcast, and thank you for taking the time to read this. Um, I uh, have thought of this as well, in, in a sense, because in chapter one, and 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 this is the way I rationalized it, is that in chapter one, it's just kind of a blanket of God creating everything. And then in chapter two, it is God getting specific about the humans he created. But it is interesting to think that there could have been some human, humanoid type being that was created. And then he created specifically Adam and Eve, which could you know, if fossil records of of uh, cavemen exist, if they do actually exist, I realize that you know most people believe they do, and, and they may. But uh, if they do actually exist, maybe the cavemen were these types of things. Maybe these were the uh, were those humans that were created that that, as you say in here, soulless beings. And that could be a thing where humans, there were humans that were more like animals and then there was Adam and Eve. Um, I still, um, to me, I still believe the other theory that Adam and Eve just had tons of kids that we just don't read about because there was really no reason to talk about them because Cain and Abel, Cain being killed by, our, Cain killing Abel uh, was the first death. So that made that very significant and then Seth being a replacement for Cain um, because um, God wanted Jesus to come from the line of Abel. Yeah, so I got it confused, but Seth being the replacement for Abel because God wanted Jesus to come from the bloodline of Abel, um, uh, that there was no need to mention all the other kids that Adam and Eve had. Uh, But it's still interesting because they don't even mention uh, Adam and Eve having any daughters they don't even mention Adam and Eve having daughters at all so they had to have had some daughters or else you know Seth was having babies with Eve uh, which would have been real weird it'd be weird enough that he was doing it with his brothers and sisters but uh, to do it with his mom he was recycling yeah Uh, yes so um, I tend to believe that one but also, you know, there is a podcast that me and Hannah did very early on, um, and this was this is not a theory, I believe, that this is a theory that was put forth, that there are these hominoids that they call them, and those would be what you call um, Bigfoot or um, the Abominable Snowman. Uh, those would be hominoids where they're like human-like creatures, and they roamed the earth, and then aliens came here. Um, the Anunnaki, and they wanted to mine the earth of its natural resources, but this this planet was uninhabitable for the Anunnaki. The sun was too bright. So they mated with the hominoids, and the children of the hominoids were human beings, what we know today. Uh, I think there could be something to that when it comes to uh, the fallen angels, which is something I'd love to talk about. I'd love for people to read Genesis six.
1: I think you should bring that to Nate Land. I'm, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Nateland fans would love to hear about this.
0: Well, I'd love for people to read Genesis six and just um, kind of give their thoughts on what they think about, um, you know, especially the first, You know, I'd say from chapter from verse one to verse 11 or verse 12, uh, chapter chapter six, verse one through 12, just to see what people's thoughts are on there, because I'll just give you a little preview. If you've never read it, this is why Genesis is the best. And I don't know what the other versions of the Bible say, but this is why I like King James. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth And the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of man, no, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all of which they chose. And so I'd like to get people's thoughts on what the sons of God are, because there's various theories out there I've heard. But, you know, I just want to know what people think the sons of God are. I know what I believe, but I'd rather not share it before hearing what people think. And, and then it goes on to say, uh, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bear, bear children to them, The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now in King James, children right there is in italics. And I've been told by a preacher that I, that I enjoy listening to that italics in the King James mean that this word was added in because, uh, either the translation, uh, didn't quite make sense or that word wasn't there at all. So they kind of added it in to make sense, um, so I just like to hear some people's thoughts on that. Uh, that kind of goes along with this Anunnaki theory in a in a way. Um, so, And I thought it was fun when people emailed about Adam and Eve and stuff like that. I love reading all that stuff. So maybe we hear some thoughts on that. Yeah, keep it coming. Keep on yeah. these, you know, because there's some people that don't like the Bible talk, but there's lots of people that do. There are lots of people that do. And I think the people that do, I think I'm just going to, I'm just gonna try to talk about uh, the law less and get into more just interesting things about the Bible to just have some fun with it. Historical analysis. Yeah, and just have some fun with it. I mean, nothing has changed about my beliefs and I still want people to stop eating pork. But um, I did see just a, um, the last thing, and and then I'll end the podcast, but I did see a video just from a health guy I follow, not a religious guy at all. But he said the three foods that give you parasites the most, that put parasites on the brain. Because he said, if you get parasites in the body, they eventually work their way to the brain. And if that's true, my brain is full of them. But he said the three foods are pork, uh, farm-raised salmon, not wild-caught, which is very good for you, but farm-raised salmon and sushi. Uh, He said those three things are the things that potentially have the most parasites. But another thing I've been told is that, and this was a separate thing that I've been told long ago, that when you go get sushi, they serve you ginger on the side, and that ginger is to kill the parasites that could be in there. So I always eat all the ginger when I go eat sushi. So anyway, just to leave you with something fun. Go have some sushi. Have a good time.
1: I love your mind,
0: Dusty. All right. thank Thank you very much. We're having a good time. (music) Thank you.